everyone. I'm Courtney Suchu, Communications Specialist at ProQuest and one of the hosts of our ProQuest Connect podcast. Today I'm excited to be speaking with Lee Wright, a Senior Collection Development Librarian at ProQuest. At ProQuest, we, we often talk about how it's not just the size of a book collection that matters, quality counts too. Librarians want to be confident about offering reliable, vetted content that their patrons will actually use. But building a high-quality, hand-picked collection is labor-intensive and costly. That's where ProQuest collections experts come in. Curated book subscriptions like Academic Complete benefit librarians by giving them back the time they spend on procurement so they can spend more time directly with their patrons. So, welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you for, spending, for taking some time with us today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, um... Could you talk a little bit about your role here at ProQuest as a librarian? Sure. Um, so my job is to, as my title suggests, develop the collections um, in our subscription products. So mainly Academic Complete, but we also have College Complete, which focuses on community college, and uh, Public Library Complete and Schools and Educators Complete, which is um, for the K-12 market. So four times a year, I get to decide what books we're going to add to these collections. How did you get interested in librarianship? I am a book nerd by birth. I have been going to libraries as long as I can remember. Some of my earliest memories are of my mom taking me to the public library um, pretty much every week and getting a stack of books so large that she struggled to carry both them and me. So <laughs> it was kind of inevitable that I was going to wind up doing something, you know, book related. Um, and honestly, you know, I've always loved to learn new things. I love to research stuff. You know, I'm the kind of nerd that when I was eight years old, I was looking through a book of the history of Barbie dolls because I loved to play with Barbies and hey look at all the old Barbies from before I was yeah, born that's like that's really <laughs> books and Barbies yep well you know when you're a kid that 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 was life it was you know my yep. Barbie doll dream house was right next to my bookcase <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, I guess it was kind of natural that, you know, after I got my bachelor's in English, it's like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And, uh, you know, some of my favorite memories in college even were, you know, hanging out in the library, doing my research. So it just seemed like a natural progression. And then you, so then for your master's degree, you went into, you got your MLIS? I did. I did. I got my MLIS at Rutgers. Um I actually studied to be a school librarian, and during my field experience, realized that I wasn't really feeling the whole K-12 library situation. Um, you know, it wasn't the library. It was just kind of the politics of grade schools that I wasn't really enjoying. So um, I mm -hmm. was loving my job in technical services in the Rutgers library system. So I really wanted to do something around that. And I actually went up kind of detouring into private industry for about 12 years. Um, and that's how I wound up here. How long have you been with ProQuest? I am actually what uh, seems to affectionately be known around here as a boomerang employee. I first worked at ProQuest from 2007 until 2013. 
um, I was working on our, we had a small market research team. Um, and then we were sold to Nielsen, the company that does television ratings. And I went with it. Um, and I came back last summer. Um, so yeah, I've been here almost a year. It'll be a year at the end of June. Oh, well then almost congratulations on your, your back here. <laughs> Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about the curation process and how you evaluate the titles to include in the collections? Um, yeah, uh, you know, it starts out with an Excel spreadsheet and uh, I go through it several times. <laughs> um, we have a lot of rules around what should be included and what shouldn't be, but mostly I'm looking for, um, you know, just really high quality stuff. Um, I try to, you know, as I work, I try to keep in mind, you know, the student, you know, I, I say to myself, as I look at each title, who might use this, what might, you know, what kind of project might this be useful for? Um, you know, how, you know, how many students might this apply to, um, things like that. You know, I said, I, you know, I'd been working in market research and in fact, I was working in market research for the higher ed publishing industry. Um, Mm -hmm. so I know, all the textbook publishers, the university presses, the smaller scholarly presses, I know them all very well. Um, And my job also involved doing surveys of faculty attitudes towards course materials, student attitudes towards course materials. So I actually have a really solid background and understanding, um, you know, college and university environments. So that really helps as I look through the title lists because, you know, I, I'm well-versed in the different departments, um, different majors. So I keep those things in mind when I look at, at materials. Um, mm-hmm. And because I know the publishers, that means I'm also pretty familiar with, you know, the quality. Um, are Is this publisher known for being factually correct? Or, you know, are they a little bit, you know, maybe not as good with the fact-checking? Um, you know, things like that. Uh, also, you know, I tend not to include self-published stuff, um, you know, no judgment on people who want to self-publish, say their own dissertation. I'm sure it's great stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I aim for more like peer reviewed items, um, you know, things that have been through a vetting process with a publisher, um, just to err on the side of caution, you know? Sure. That makes me think about how, um, for a collection like Academic Complete, we think of, having mostly scholarly titles, but there's also books in that collection that might be considered more popular reading, like related to something like true true crime or politics maybe. And sometimes there's like a little bit of criticism about that. So could you talk a little bit about about the like the breadth of inclusion that are that go into these collections too? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I in- I absolutely include those items for one very simple reason. Um, In my last job, you know, part of the research we did was we would collect information from uh, universities all over the United States, large and small colleges and universities, with lists of titles that were being adopted, as we called it, by professors for use in courses. Um, You know, so basically the books that were required for a class, and it was not at all unusual to see trade titles on those adoption reports. And I think, you know, and especially would happen um, like in the social sciences or the humanities. And Mm -hmm. I think that's because, 
you know, professors, especially for like a, a higher level course that's maybe on a particular topic, um, you know, they may adopt those kinds of books into a class. So, you know, you mentioned true crime. If you have a criminal studies major, they may have a 300 level topics class at that school. And it may be on, you know, serial killers in America might be the topic for this semester. So, that means the professor may be adopting some true crime books about, you know, Ted Bundy um, or Charles yeah. Manson. So just because it's been published by, you know, Penguin Random House doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be used in a college classroom. Um, you know, and I really feel I, 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 I try to view Academic Complete as a complement to the books that are being required for a class. You know, I view the university library as complementary to the learning process happening in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why I try to put that stuff in there. Um, you know, and even a student may decide to do a paper on someone um, and they may want that book for their paper. You know, they may find something useful there. Um, so that's why we'll, we'll include things like true crime biography, political books by politicians, um, you know, there is a chance that someone will find that useful for their studies. I always think it's interesting, too, as a research topic, like people will write about how people write about true crime. So someone who's doing a kind of meta research project is going to need to see those things, too. Or like if someone's someone's interested in, in just the way politics is talked about in popular culture, they'll need examples of those books as well. So there's, Absolutely. I can see there's a lot of different ways that those books would be valuable. Absolutely. It sounds like you, throughout all your work doing this, doing, doing the book collections, you're thinking of the end user. Like it doesn't sound like you have ProQuest in mind or necessarily even the library in mind. You're thinking about the person who needs these materials to do well in their classes. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that really, you know, I'm trying to put myself into a student's shoes, um, you know, and that's, there's no particular reason for that other than I just think about who might want to use this book. You know, I want the collection to be useful. Um, you know, I feel like mm -hmm. librarians are concerned with usage statistics. So I want to try to pick things that students are actually going to open up and, and need. What are some of the challenges of, of doing this work? <laughs> um, the challenges, one of the biggest ones is that the publishers will not let me put front list items into the database. Um, most of our publishing partners say that we can't put in anything that's been published more recently than one to two years. Um, oh. You know, they want they want to have that window for themselves. So mm -hmm. I, yeah. I'm aware uh, that some of our our clients, you know, say, oh, well, you know, we'd love to have newer stuff in there. Well, it's not because I don't want to put the new things in there. <laughs> um, my hands are absolutely tied on that. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges is just being allowed to put things in. We also have some publishing partners who they want to do things on a more individual basis. So I can't just, you know, I, I make up a pool from our database from eBook Central of things that are um, allowed to go in subscriptions, but some publishers, they want to do what we call a wish list. So I have to work one-on-one -on -one with them um, to choose titles that we can put into the database. So that adds an extra layer of complexity to, to the selections process. 
So now I'm going to ask you a couple fun questions because <laughs> there's a lot of librarian stereotypes. So I, I'm always interested in how people defy these stereotypes. When you're not being a librarian, how do you like to spend your time? <laughs> um, well, I do love to read, so I guess I feed into the stereotype there a little bit. I'm not sure if your average librarian has as large a home library as I have. Um, I married a book nerd. So we, my my husband and I have like 1,900 books in our house. Molly, <laughs> where do you have room for everything? Is your house like made of books? <laughs> no, but we we do have a townhouse that has a loft in it. So the loft is the library and has bookshelves on three wonderful. walls. <laughs> and then our guest bedroom has bookshelves on two walls. So it's really kind of a library that happens to have a bed in it. <laughs> I think this sounds like a little paradise. We're fond of it. Um, But other than that, uh, you know, I love, uh, I love movies, especially old movies. My husband and I go to a theater in Princeton almost every week in the summertime uh, because they do a classic film festival. So very much into that. Um, We love to travel. I, I'm also a needleworker. I love to crochet. Um, so yeah, there's some things like do I like to bake? I don't know how much of this is stereotypical, but those are some of the things I like to get up to. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to add? Is there anything anyone should know about Academic Complete or the work that goes into collecting books for the collection? Um, you know, I would just like everyone to know that, you know, I'm I'm very open to feedback. Um, you know, if they have any questions, comments, concerns about titles in the collection, you know, please feel free to reach out to your account manager. They can get a message to me. Um, even if you think, you know, there's a subject that seems to be kind of lacking in AC, um, you know, you'd like to see more robust additions to a particular area. We're all ears. You know, if I can make something happen, I'm, I'm certainly happy to do that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I have gotten some feedback, you know, the occasional question about a title, and I'm always happy to explain why we did or did not include something um, if someone's wondering. So, you know, I don't bite. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I would love to hear from people if, if they would like to reach out and, uh, you know, share anything with me. Well, thank you for taking your time to speak with me this afternoon. And, um, I, I appreciate getting to know a little bit more about you today. Wow, it was great talking, Courtney. I loved it. All right, well, I guess that's it for today. Thanks, everyone.